get control Time to search for soul and start again Welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am David Harrison, host of today's episode and writer over at BucksNation.com. You can find everything I'm doing there, and you can follow me on Twitter at DH82 underscore Bucks, and follow the podcast at Locked On Bucks. Last Thursday, we didn't have an episode for you because I was a little tied up doing Halloween-type things, but we're back this week for Brent Allen Knight. Of course, Brent is a creator, host, president, CEO, and director of podcast operations over at the Pewtercast, and you can find him on Twitter at Brent Allen Live or at the Pewtercast. Brent, before we get to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, some news broke on Wednesday, the day we're recording mm-hmm. this episode, pertaining to two of Tampa Bay's division rivals, as both the Atlanta Falcons and New Orleans Saints signed free agents to help will catapult them into championship. First off, what do you make of the Falcons signing pass rusher Bruce Irvin? Um, I. I- I don't know. I it, personally, I don't really care at this point. I mean, if the Buccaneers weren't involved with it, um, that's really the only way. Uh, you know, it's certainly I would not have mind seeing you know a guy with the caliber of uh, Bruce Irvin in Tampa. But I mean, he he very much made it clear he wanted to be in Atlanta and he was going to be in Atlanta. He he turned down bigger offers so that he could go home to Atlanta, which is you know it's his home. So uh, mm-hmm. you know what the Buccaneers would have had to pay to get him here. Um, and kind of against his will and, and all of that, it, it, it's fine. You know, it's, it's just, you know, uh, we're going to have to face him now. You know, it's, it's just one more thing for the Buccaneers to have to go, have to go face. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Bruce Irvin, you know, obviously joining the Buccaneers would have been something I would have supported. Sure. Uh, but like you said, it was, it was always kind of a, a match made in heaven between the Falcons and Irvin. They need pass rushing help. He's a pass rusher. Uh, he wanted to go home. Like you said, I know uh, I, I saw on Twitter, I guess the Steelers made a run at him. But, you know, again, like you said, it was, it was kind of a foregone th- conclusion just getting the, the, the ink put on paper, I think. Yeah, I think it was the Steelers and the Patriots both uh, had a big run at him. Well, I'm with you, though. I mean, if it, if it wasn't in the NFC South, uh, probably not something we paid too much attention to. But sure. the Saints made an acquisition that are that's definitely turning a few more heads. And mm-hmm. uh, before you and I talk about it, I want to uh, welcome in front of the show and host of the Locked On Saints podcast, Ross Jackson, who dropped us a little line on on his own thoughts. What is good, football fans? My name is Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints podcast, the daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. And we have some breaking news here coming out of New Orleans. Des Bryant, former superstar wide receiver of Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints have agreed to terms on a deal that will be signed this week, making Des Bryant a member of the New Orleans Saints and an offense that already includes superstars such as quarterback. Drew Brees, wide receiver Michael Thomas, running back Alvin Kamara, running back Mark Ingram, and an incredible offensive line. This is just a testament to the fact the Saints front office is not willing to be complacent with an already electrifying offense and that they want to win now. This is a win now, let's go get a ring type of move, and I love it. If you want to know more about this deal, and if you want to keep up with Des Bryant's here as a New Orleans Saint, make sure that you subscribe. Subscribe to the Locked On Saints podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you get your podcast from. Just be sure to subscribe so that you know you're getting the most up-to-date episodes every Monday through Friday. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC so that you can keep up with what has already been and what prom- 
promises to be a very special season here in New Orleans. All right, special thanks to to Ross for that. Brent, what are your uh, what are your thoughts about the Saints grabbing up Des Bryant? Yeah, well, I mean, again, to kind of go back to what we were saying about the Bruce Irvin thing, if if it's not happening for the Bucks, it, it, you know, it's just kind of is what it is. We don't need another wide receiver in Tampa, you know. So for him to go to another team, fine, whatever. But I mean, he said it in in his uh, little bit there. Uh, Des Bryant is a former superstar, and um, you know, I, I've all I always say I don't really pay attention to other teams very much, but obviously Des Bryant is a person that I'm somewhat familiar with and and have watched his career. And listen, he's he's a great talent. He's a great player. Uh, the question that I have is: Is he still a great talent and a great player? How's he? How's he gonna do? Um, you know, he's certainly not a young pup. So uh, that's the only question that I have. So that's kind of a sit back and wait and see. But um, you know, just you know, it's one more weapon for Drew Brees to to have back there and to try to carve up. Uh, you know, Carlton Jones and Brent Grimes and Carlton Jones, Carlton Davis, mm. Brent Grimes, and and the guys on our side of the ball. So you know, it's it's. Uh, I hate to sound blasé about it, but. You know, it just kind of is what it is, I guess. Right. No, and I mean, until we see what Dez is actually going to do on the field. I mean, yeah. this week, you know, uh, the, the reports I saw say he's going to sign the contract on Thursday. Not a whole lot of time to go through installs, learn the playbooks, learn the checks, learn the calls. You know, I, I'm sure they're going to try to find some way to kind of get him going, even if it's just specific packages, uh, specific plays for, for the first week. And then as we get going through the rest of the season, we'll really see what Des Bryant is going to bring to the Saints. But, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a rich get richer type of scenario if uh, yep. if it pans out. If not, I mean, they've already got one of the best offenses in the league, so really not a whole lot of risk. Um, they didn't they didn't have to uh, to give up anything as far as draft capital or, or players to get them uh, significantly. And and I believe uh, Teron Armstead is going to restructure his own deal to uh, to make the room for them to to bring him in. So wow. yeah, kind of a wait and see type of thing. But you know, like you said, the name the name alone brings brings some attention, but. Uh, we've seen it time and time again in the National Football League. Names going to new places don't always pan out as as people would necessarily believe they might. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. I just it's he's a former superstar. Let's see if he can get it back and and do it in the Saints, the Buccaneers themselves, and Bucks fans, and and those of us who spend our time talking about and writing about the team are definitely going to get an up close and and personal look at him as well. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah, uh-huh. and that's and that's the thing. I mean, I'll worry about Des Bryant if he's playing for the saints and, and when we come up on him, you know, like that's, we'll, I'll, we'll certainly talk about him then on, on every show going around, uh, you know, around Buccaneers podcast land. As always, we appreciate you listening to us here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. And right now, I wanted to take just a minute to talk to you about BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence you used to have in the good old days. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arrives. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, for our listeners, we've got a special deal. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code Locked On. All you pay is $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use the promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. 
So let's go ahead uh, and get into uh, the Buck stuff. We've gotten uh, quite a few voicemails over the weekend and into the week, and unfortunately, James and I were only able to get to a handful of them. So Brent, uh, you and I are going to go ahead and, and spend this episode and and talk about a few of them here. Uh, first up, we're going to hear from Andrew and Brandon. Hey guys, this is uh, Andrew uh, from Brandon. Um, so my thoughts on the game, it was honestly, it was kind of expected, to be honest with you. Um, we, we all knew Carolina was a complete team. They they were able to dominate the entire game, and Dirk Cutter said it best. I mean, like, we started off sluggish, and we picked it up in the second half, and then we faltered at the end. And it's been a trend this entire season, uh, whether it's Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think it falls squarely on the defense, to be quite honest with you. And, you know, the, the offense has to pick it up uh, when the defense uh, lets us down. And it's kind of unfortunate. I don't, I don't know how to fix the problem. I, mean, I don't know if it's just a culture change. I, I look at a lot of teams like you look at like the Bills, you know, who've got, who've gotten rid of like, you know, cornerstone pieces, but their defense <coughs> have, has actually gotten better. I don't know. There's, I just don't know what to do at this point. And I don't want to think that the season is over, but we just might have to accept it. Anyway, uh, thanks guys and, uh, go Bucks. All right, so Andrew there obviously sent that in uh, shortly after the the game this past weekend against the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, I know we've all spent a lot of time talking about that game. Don't really want to rehash the game per se, but kind of looking at some of the things he was commenting on, specifically the defense, uh, coach of the team is kind of trending towards the same pattern week in, week out. And, you know, he's he's echoing some thoughts that a lot of Bucks fans are echoing right now, which is kind of a lost sense of, you know, what now? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. the team has gone through injuries. They fired they fired Mike Smith. And, you know, I, I, you, you mentioned on the pewter cast, we, we mentioned it here that, you know, replacing your defensive coordinator is a move that made the fans happy and probably had to happen from within the organization there. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, I mean, the defense that's installed is, is still the scheme that they have. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not like Coach Duffner has a whole lot of time to just revamp the entire scheme. So, uh, we're the Bay Buccaneers right now. Do you kind of echo Andrew's sentiments, or do you have any ideas like do to fix this? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a lot on our episode really this week of the Pewter Cast. Um, yeah, I think what has become plainly evident, if it wasn't so evident before, it, it is very, very evident. The problem with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is not the offense. It, it, it's never been the offense for the last three years, last three seasons. It's not been the offense. The problem has been the defense. Look, we've got a we've got an offense that is one of the the top offenses in the league. We've got an offense that can put points up on the board. Our problem last year, the biggest problem with the offense last year is they get to the red zone and then they they you know they they'd wind up getting pushed back out of the red zone or you'd have to settle for three. That's not been the problem this year. We've been able to to score. You know, um, we you take you take any week and say, hey, your quarterback's going to throw for three hundred yards. And, th- and and throw for four touchdowns, you're going to take that and expect to win, right? I mean, in, anybody <clears throat> is. So, but oh, when yeah. your defense is turning around and giving up thirty plus points before halftime, you, it, how do you come back from that? You know what I mean? You're, it's it's it, my co-host Brandy says it all the time. It's basically it's just come down to a race a race to forty with the Buccaneers. Yep. First team to get to forty wins, and and that's. You know, so to, uh, and I'm sorry, I forget his name, uh, who sent that in, but uh, you know, he's right. The problem on this team is the defense and listen, firing Mike Smith was absolutely the right call and coach Duffner can only work with what he's got. And I do think the defense has gotten 
slightly, and I mean ever, ever, ever so slightly better, and then they got worse with injuries. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's not been a big, uh, you know, there's not been a big uh, uh, boost that's happened. Like apparently they've, they've had more energy. So yay, maybe they're having more fun. Yay. But you know, somebody shot our dog. And by that, I mean, Quan Alexander, they shot, you know, like they shot our guy and, and everybody's just, it's like, whatever, you know? Uh, so, I mean, our biggest player on defense, right? He goes away to injury. He comes back to injury and like, it just, you didn't know that he was gone. You didn't know that he was back. You just didn't feel a presence, you know? So it's, I think he's right. It's, it's defense, it's defense, defense, defense. And that's the thing. Uh, and it's going to start with the coordinator. They've got to get a new coordinator. If if Cutter survives this offseason, um, you know, having a top rate uh, defensive coordinator to come in and really take this thing over and shake it up uh, is going to be paramount. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. Um, I mean, like you said, the Buccaneers are top 10 in scoring, you know, points per game from the offense. They're, uh, I want to say they're top five in, in third down uh, conversion percentages. I mean, the offense is moving the ball. And you know, uh, at it, uh, you know, to to a to probably a bigger extent than even even I'll say we should have about you know James Winston's turnovers and his costly turnovers in the red zone in the end zone all that and even with all that this offense is still clicking at at a at a rate that I don't think we've ever seen before really in this mm-hmm. franchise so it's it's offense has the ability to go out there and put up the points needed to win uh, a National Football League game. Just the defense, like you said, is is setting this team so far behind so early, so often. I mean, five straight, you know, touchdown drives is, is just never going to get it done uh, when you're when you're giving up the, those kinds of points to the opponent and lead your head coach to make decisions like going for it on a or you know on a fake punt uh, inside mm-hmm. deep inside your own end. You know, when you're when you're down by so much because th- you don't make those moves when you're when you're confident in your defense. You just don't. If you're confident in your defense, you'll punt from your from your, your opponent's forty five. Uh, if you're if you're in the game because you feel like you'll be able to take advantage of that field position. So, uh, yeah, as far as where we go from here, Andrew, um, I mean, I'm not really sure either. Like you said, Brent, uh, the the team is what it is. You know, um, Bruce Irvin was out there, got it. But again, we've already covered that. That really was never going to happen. Trading a second round draft pick for Landon Collins. I mean, I like Collins. He's he's got all pro ability, but uh, he's on the last year of his contract. And is this team really going to shell out top dollar for for a safety at the end of the year? We saw what happened with the safety market this offseason. So really, you know, you're going to trade a second-round draft pick for a, a half-a-season rental. Uh, you know, in, in the situation they're in, I don't know. When you're when you're 7-1 and one like the Saints are, you can kind of make these bold moves and go out and roll some dice and see if you can boost your team a little bit. But when you're 3-5 mm-hmm. and five at the halfway point, I mean, you don't want to mortgage, you know, the, the rest of your, your future for the next few years if you're around long enough to see those years. To uh, to try to get to what eight and eight, you know nine mm-hmm. and seven maybe. So yeah, I think I think we're on the same page there. So uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that voicemail, of course, Andrew. And uh, next up, Brent, we're going to hear from Chris. Hey James, hey David, it's Chris again. Listening to uh, one or Tuesday's episode, and the feeling I get is people, oh, you know, you can beat a one and seven Giants team and a two and six 49ers team. Yeah, you should be able to beat those teams. But you know what? As Bucks fans, I'm tired of us beating teams that should be beat. We need to beat teams that match up on the same level. You know, beating the Bengals, beating the Steelers, beating the Panthers, beating playoff teams, not beating teams that are going to be in the top five pick of the draft next year. So, yeah, we might go 
and win the next three games. But you know what? After that, we have division games, and then we have the Ravens, and then we have the Cowboys. Will the Bucks win when it matters most? Back in 2016, you know, they had to win, what, two games, two more games at 8-5 and five to get in the playoffs, and they lost the next two and were, you know, pretty much out of contention at that point and beat the Panthers on a failed two-point conversion. So, I mean, will the Bucks win when it matters most? Not beating one in seven teams and two in six teams, which, I mean, hey, you know, we're only one or two games better than those teams anyway, so why should I be talking about them? All right, out. All right, so, Chris, I mean, uh, you know, we talk about this team uh, and how they should be able to beat some of the other lower-tier teams in the NFL, mm-hmm. but uh, does it really matter? Well, I mean, and Bucks fans are going to hate me for saying this, and I will preface this by saying I am a Bucks fan. I make no, 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 uh, uh, no claims about being an unbiased person. I am a Bucks fan. I am biased towards the Bucks. Uh, but he said the Bucks should be able. You know, we want to talk about the Bucks beating people who are on their same level. Well, you know what? The Bucks are on the same level of the 49ers. The Bucks are on the same level of these lower tier teams. We just are. Nobody is scared of the Buccaneers right now. You know, we're sitting here saying, yeah, we should be able to beat the Giants. That's a beatable team. Yeah, we should be able to beat uh, the 49ers. That's a beatable team. And guess what? The 49ers, they're saying the same thing about us. And the Giants are saying the same thing about us because that's where we, that's just what we've put on the field. You know, Uh, we're, we're a team that'll go, we'll get way down in the half and then we'll bring it back and we'll kind of go back and forth and make it a little bit. And, and, uh, you know, we might kind of go 50, 50 on some of those. So until we can start winning and until we start putting it up and proving it on the field, uh, that that's where we, that's where we are. And that's where we've been historically. That's where we were last year. We're as five and 11 team. That's where you are. You know, I would love to be able to, to talk about us really being in contention against these other playoff teams and really get out there. I would love for that to happen. Uh, but it's just not where we are right now. Right. I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, being able to talk about beating teams like uh, the Rams or, or the Panthers or the Steelers, you know, uh, and even, I mean, talk about the Steelers and the bank, not necessarily uh, the, the top of the league when it comes to consistency this year, this season either. But yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, but you are what your record says you are. And I mean, looking at the path to where the record is right now, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's no wonder that teams really aren't all, that concerned about the Buccaneers coming into their stadium or going into Tampa stadium. And there's really nothing else to say. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. It kills me to say that. Like it really yeah. kills me to say that. But if, if we're going to, if we're going to be um, honorable with what we're saying and the analysis that we're mm-hmm. given, I think that's just where we are right now as a team. And I got to tell you what, this Sunday I'm going to be in my seat in Raymond Jamin Stadium. I'm going to be wearing my red and my pewter, and I'm cheering on my Buccaneers. And whoever marches out under mm-hmm. center, I'm cheering on my Buccaneers. But and, and I I I hope they go out and show us something and and have something turned around. But you know, until I see it there on the field, uh, you know, um, I, 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 you can't live in a world with rose-colored glasses all the time. You know what I mean? Exactly, and and I think uh, you would you would agree with the sentiment that we put we put way too much time into uh, what we produce for for you guys out there to uh, to just you know completely fog it over and cover it up with uh, rah rah and, and all that stuff. I mean, absolutely, we, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, uh, yeah. It's always more fun to talk and write about wins, but when the team's losing, you got to talk and, and write about 
losing the unfortunate situation we're in right now. And sure. And like Chris said, we've been in for uh for a little while now. But yeah, if, and, if anything and, else that shows our dedication, right? Yeah, and I'll say this, and I've said this before, and I will say this again. There is not a single team left on our schedule that the Buccaneers cannot beat. Like oh, they yeah. could go eight and zero. I don't think they will. I don't yep. think anybody thinks that they will. But they could. There's nobody who's unbeatable. Buccaneers, and that's the thing that kills me about this. The Buccaneers can beat every single one of these guys. And I think that's what gives me hope week in and week out, as I know that they can. It's just a matter of if they will. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the five games they've lost, they could have beaten all those teams, even the Bears. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously on that day, they couldn't beat the Bears. Mm -hmm. But when when you stack the two teams up side by side, they can definitely beat the Bears. So, yeah, and this is a league, you know, Designs and matchups where every team can win on, on you know any given Sunday. Another cliche, but it's true, and sure. you know perhaps that's why it's uh, so frustrating. But I mean that Pittsburgh game, you know what what makes me the saddest as a Buccaneers fan because I too am a Buccaneers fan and I still carry my Buccaneers labeled uh, Yeti cup with me every day to work and everywhere I go and everybody sees it. Uh, in the beginning of the season, it was oh man, your guys are doing great and da da da, and it was you know mm-hmm. good for you. And now it's like oh bro. Sorry, you know, yeah. like, um, but Dude, I'm still I carrying that, around, I had, and I'm, I'm going to. I had that from the guy in the grocery store who looked at my T-shirt today. Exact same <laughs> thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, but we'll be here this week. We'll be here next week, no matter what happens. And we'll yes, be here we will. into the future because that's it's it's what we love to do. Exactly. Um, so Chris, hang in there. You know, all is not lost. Um, he he messaged me actually privately on Twitter. He's like, "Hey, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I don't know if I share it. Hey, man, it, it's." It's not enthusiasm. It really is real. I mean, the Buccaneers can beat every single team yeah. on their schedule. Whether yeah. they will or not is still to be determined. But uh, yeah. every week we, is a new week. Uh, we a we know better, right? those of us who follow this team know how good this team can and should be. We know we know what they're capable of, and it's amazing what they're capable of. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of if they're actually going to go out there and execute the execute the the plan, do what they actually have to do. Just do their job, right? Yeah. All right, Brent, so the last voicemail we're going to get to tonight is Tyler from Boston. What's up, boys? It's Tyler. Looking at the schedule, we got the Redskins coming up, who, despite the performance that they gave last week, I know they have a good defense. I feel like they're going to be a tough matchup. And then the two weeks after that, you have Giants and the 49ers that are not necessarily the best teams in the NFL, just being honest. So I feel like if we can really, um, you know, if we can squeak out a win against the Redskins, I think we look good 3-0 the next three weeks. But right after that is going to be a slew of division games plus Dallas, I think. So I just want to let, I just want to ask if we, for whatever reason, come out of these next three games, one and two, or oh and three, what do you think the possibility is that we get an interim head coach? Thanks. All right. So a little bit of a different uh, feel there, right? So Chris mm-hmm. is talking about, how he he kind of is tired of us only talking about beating teams that are in the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. Tyler's asking, what if we don't beat those teams that we sh- quote unquote should beat at the bottom of the league? Will this team make a move at the head coach position in season if that happens? Yeah, and and I'll, let me circle back to Chris's thing. I too am uh-huh. tired of talking about the Buccaneers only being able to beat the teams at the lower end of the deal. Like I'm tired of that. I want to see us get up there. Um, but to um, uh, I'm sorry, this last guy. Uh, uh, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. Thank you. Um, Tyler's point. I think there's no chance. Like, I, like if I'm, I'm a betting man, I go to, to my bookie AG or whatever you guys got. Uh, yeah. and, and if I can put a line on, will the Buccaneers fire Dirk Cutter before the end of the season? I'm going to say no, because the Glazers historically, the Glazers don't do that. 
Um, now, as much as we may want it to happen, as much as all these things they may want, and this is truly a case. Remember when Dirk Cutter was talking about Mike Smith right before he did? He said, okay, so we're going to fire him, and then what? Yeah. And we all said, well, you got Duffner over there. He could do it. Um, this is really a case where, uh, okay, so you fire Dirk Cutter midseason, then what? You're going to put him around Todd Munkin? Maybe. That might could work, possibly. But, uh, you know, no, it's just not going to happen. It's it's really not. They will ride with Cutter all the way to the end of the season. They'll they'll evaluate it at the end. because remember if they would have fired Cutter early last year, they wouldn't have had that Saints game that that you know really sealed the deal for keeping him. Around. I mean, I know they announced it beforehand, but you know what I'm saying? Like like they will. The Glazers are patient. They will let everything play out. They are going to talk to him. They're going to talk to Light and figure out what's going on and and see exactly what's happening. Uh so I don't I don't think that the 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 Buccaneers uh that the Glazers or Jason Light are going to fire Dirk Cutter uh not at least before season end. No, I agree. I mean, the the most you're going to get as far as the in-season head coach change is an in-season announcement that Dirk Cutter won't be coming back. That's that's the closest you're going to get. But right. coach Duffner, listen, uh I don't I, I don't care if you're 0-16. You can't take a coach from being a linebacker coach, a defense coordinator, head coach, right? So if you fire Dirk Cutter, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you can't promote Duffner again. Uh, that's just uh, – and that's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. As far as Coach Munkin, I mean, it's kind of the same situation that we're talking about with with the defense. I mean, uh, Munk is already calling plays. Now, there's been uh, some some social media speculation that Dirk Cutter is either partially taken over, all, of the, all the way taken over, or is at least – uh, kind of uh, putting his nose in the play call uh, scheme a little bit more than he was earlier in the season. And perhaps there's some truth to that. I don't know, but it's the same that you're going to have the same scheme. Like coach, coach Munkin is coaching the same scheme that dirt cutter is coaching is teaching is preaching. And mm-hmm. even if coach Munkin wanted to use a different scheme, you can't install it at, in, in week 10. You, you just, you can't do that. Um, as far as, you know, I've heard some, I've, I've seen, I've read some, some chatter about, well, it gives, Coach Monk an opportunity to show the team what he can be as a head coach. Listen, they know him. They they know who Coach Monk is. He he works in the building mm-hmm. around him day in day out. They know who he is. So as far as like him being a potential candidate for for the head coaching job again, if if that if the Buccaneers are interested in Coach Monk as a potential head coach candidate, they're already interested in him as you know we're moving on towards the season. So that's that's not. I don't think that's as significant of of a part of this as. Uh, some people might think it is. And honestly, I mean, you know, I get a little too early for this type of speculation, but we saw coach cutter get promoted from within the organization when they, when they fired lovey Smith, mm-hmm. do we really want to go down the same road again, where we're firing a head coach and taking his offensive coordinator and making him the head coach. I mean, I feel like if they're going to make that trade at the top or the trade that move at the top, they just need to make the move all together and, and the system. Uh, I know coach Munkin had a different system when he was in college you know, I don't know if that's something that he would want to bring to the team, but I don't yeah. know. I kind of feel like if we're going to cut bait, we just need to cut it all the way. Hey, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, I th- I think it would not be a horrible idea to at least allow Coach Munkin to interview and see what he might have. Um, right. But it, it's I think in general it probably would be a, a cleaning house, and that probably even includes our our brand new defensive line coach Brinson Buckner, which I know everybody's in love with. And you know, a lot of times when you hear, "Oh, we're going to clean house," except for Buckner. Uh, no, I think it probably if they're going to clean house, they're going to clean house, and it's going to go all the way around. Uh, probably might be wrong. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, you know, the good news about all of this is we still have what like eight weeks left before we get to 
worry about mm-hmm. this. So, um, yeah. you know, it's, but I, it's not going to happen mid season that one I can, you know, I will put, I, I will put any amount of money down that they're not going to do anything with their cutter mid season. It'll be after the season when something happens. Um, and they're just now here's, let me tell you what they might do. Here's what they might do. They might be reaching out to other potential head coaches and getting feelers out and seeing who's interested. Remember that? Cause that's what they did with uh, uh, Tony Dungy when they went and got uh, Bill Parcells, right? Right. As they actually had him lined up, but they still waited till the end of the oh. season. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Parcells backed out and that's how we wound up with Gruden. Um, and, and we know what it's been like ever since. And so they might be doing something like that, but I'm not anticipating seeing them do anything uh, mid season. That's actually uh, getting rid of him. No, definitely. I, I agree with you there. And I think most of us uh, kind of have had that same feeling. So uh, Brent final piece of business before we wrap up today's episode, mm-hmm. uh, as I was telling you before we went, uh, before we went into recording, James and I have decided that we are part of the problem. So we're mm-hmm. going to stop for now, at least doing our bold predictions and our players of the game and see if we can't flip a little bit of mojo here uh, as, as unrealistic as that sounds, but Brent, so uh, I don't need those from you, but I, I do still need your score and winner prediction for this weekend against the Redskins. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have had a policy that I always predict the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. And I did it last week against the Panthers. Even truthfully, in my heart of hearts, I did not think the Buccaneers were going to win. So as as much as it pains me, I am going to let that fall to the wayside. And here's the way I think it shapes up. I think the Buccaneers are going to go out. They're going to score 30 points. I think that's going to be uh, four touchdowns, and that's going to be a field goal, but we will have missed an extra point. So I think we get to 30 points. I feel like the defense isn't going to be able to do anything really with this uh, Redskins team. And the Reds, you know, they'll, they'll just have a way of making the Redskins look stellar. And I think the Redskins go out and uh, mm-hmm. let's just say they put up 35 points, which means Redskins win. So uh, that's what I'm looking at. I think this defense is going to fold again. That's, that's my point. The defense is going to fold again. And the problem with this team, I'll say it again, because we'll probably be saying it for the rest of them. It's not the offense. The problem is the defense. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly seems feasible uh, as always. I'm going to give my prediction on our final episode of the week. So, uh, Brent, great stuff as always. Uh, I do appreciate you spending your Wednesday evening with me. Um, to our listeners, as always, we appreciate you spending your Thursday with here with us here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Come back for that final episode, like I was just talking about, heading into the weekend. Uh, James and I are going to be joined by Bucks Nation writer Evan Winter. Evan and I will be giving our predictions for the weekend's home game against the Washington Redskins. Special thanks once again to Andrew, Chris, and Tyler for their voicemails. Just a reminder, guys, if you want to drop us a line, you can do so at 813-444-5841. Send us your thoughts and questions. And if you hear your voice on the air, you've been entered to win an autographed Quan Alexander jersey at the end of the Buccaneers season. We hope to talk to all of you very soon. For Brent Allen, I am David Harrison. Thank you, as always, for joining us here at Locked on Bucks. Get along down the road, we can.